0: Murder and Moonshine, a true crime podcast with a southern twist.
1: Hey, y'all, welcome back to Murder and Moonshine. This is Christy. And this is Misty. And today it is my story. Yes, it is. Thank God, because I'm going to sit back and sip while you're talking.
0: (laughs) That always is fun. It is. Well, today we are sipping on
1: copper barrel distillery, moon blueberry moonshine from Wilkes County, North Carolina. Up towards the mountains. This is the same kind you got last time. Mm-hmm. But I mean a different flavor. Right. Same brand. And that
0: that last one was really good. So I was like, let's give the blueberry a try.
1: Okay, but I'm not putting one of those blue balls in my mouth. You tricked me with the cherries. <laughs> I put one of those in it and that was horrible it, it
0: was it was like puttied acetone
1: like it nail polish just, remover it was just trying to swallow a wad just Ew. get it down i was just trying to get that wad down without actually tasting it
0: <laughs> you ladies y'all know but you tasted that because that oh, was pure alcohol it was it was
1: horrible so so yeah maybe we'll stay away from those blueberries i will not have a ball but i will take this shot all right let's do it i've got us ready here cheers bitches Mm. it's hot mm. Mm. you can taste 96 proof in that
0: i feel like if you were to put a flame in front of my mouth right now i'd spit we fire could blow fire oh my gosh Be like yeah. one of those circus acts yes. yes yes it's hot you know what else is fire what norway because they're listening to us now that's right we got a new country y'all and just like with every new country that we add, mm-hmm. we always want to welcome you to with the, the show. word fuck in your native language. And this is fuck with lots of love behind lots it. Lots of
1: love. Like fucking welcome. We are so fucking glad to have you. Yes. Well, in the Norwegian language, mm-hmm. fuck is pronounced fun.
0: fun, fun,
1: fun, fun, fun. Almost like we're saying fine. Fine or fun? Fun. Either way. Either way, if we were in Norway, we could be talking that we're (laughs) fine or we're having fun. Yes. I think it was fun. It was fun. (laughs) It was fuck. It was what? (laughs) So that's our way of saying welcome Vikings to the show. (laughs) Fighters. All the Viking fighters. Y'all are badass.
0: Definitely badass. So now that we've given Norway their love, let's bring it
1: on back to the United States. Specifically, Florida. Oh, well, it's going to be a crazy story then. I already know. Florida. Does it have anything to do with drive-up meth windows? Drive-through no. meth? Oh. Oh. No, this one doesn't. It's still one of my favorite Florida stories. <laughs> the drive-up meth. <laughs>
0: it is efficient. I mean, you got to give mean, them that. You got to give them the efficiency absolutely. points. Work smarter, not harder. Right? So let me throw out a few trigger warnings yes, here. Yes, we need to start with We those. have sexual assault. Kidnapping, and murder. Okay. By drowning. So if that if that freaks you out, obviously I completely understand. Yeah, we that, hope that you will check back in with us on our next horrific story next week, if this isn't for you.
1: Yeah, that that put a whole twist on it when mm-hmm. you said
0: by drowning.
1: Yeah. And you paused we describe, in between there, too. When we
0: describe how they were drowned, it's pretty horrific. Okay. So... All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Buggle I'm ready. I'm here for it. Here we go. Born on November 12th, 1952 in Van Wert, Ohio, Joan Mae Etzler, known as Joe, was outgoing and friendly. In high school, she began dating her classmate, Hal Rogers, and became pregnant senior year, a situation that mortified her parents. The couple quickly married and had Michelle Rogers on February 22, 1972. A couple years later, they welcomed Christy Rogers on October 6, 1974. The Rogers family was a hard-working family that ran a 300-acre farm. Both Michelle and Christy got up every morning at 5.30 a.m. and milked 80 Holstein cows,
1: Wow, Holsteins are the big like black and white cows. But they don't have like the stalls where they back into and they hook them up and they yeah, milk them. Yeah, I mean they, they, it's a dairy farm. Yeah. Okay, so they yeah. do. They're not hand milking. No, but eighty. That's still twice a, a day. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a full time job. That is a lot.
0: Hal acknowledged that as hard as he worked, his wife worked harder. She drove a forklift and manned the assembly line at her second job at a distribution center. In fact, Joan, Michelle, and Christy had never even left Ohio before. They had never been on a leisure vacation until May 26, 1989, when Joan, 36, Michelle, 17, and Christy, 14, decided to leave Howe to man the farm and go on a much-deserved trip to Florida.
1: Mm. Let's go and take a shot. I feel like... It's the, it was a really happy, peaceful place. Idiot. And yes. when you said they're going to take a trip to Florida for the first time, it just went. It got dark.
0: Yeah, these okay. were all really good, hardworking people, and they—I mean, running a farm is seven days a right. week, three hundred sixty-five days left a the year. State.
1: She's never had a vacation. It
0: described in some of the sources I read that their version of a vacation would have been to go to like the state fair to show cows. Like
1: they That's had still never though
0: right. So they had never been on a leisure, leisure vacation. Right.
1: No dairy, cow, no yeah, farming you can't just involved leave and, and whatsoever. And how could not go with them? Because right. somebody, somebody has to do yeah. to be there. Yeah. That's one thing about the farmers. I know that they, they don't get their their vacations. vacations off. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I feel like from your tone there, from your, the look I just got, the story is about to take a dark turn. So let me get these cups filled up. Fill them up. Get us ready. ready. And cheers, bitches. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. my goodness Yep. Yeah. oh <laughs> she went, look she had a total after reaction reaction mm. yeah that one i had a shimmy <laughs> all right so they're on their first ever first ever vacation, vacation. not even a family vacation because hal couldn't go with them. with them yeah so. but a girl's trip mother two daughters and remind boy. me one more time, how old are the girls? He said fourteen and seventeen. 17. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fourteen and seventeen. And the reason, and mom's young, but she had a thirty-six. Yeah, that's young. So, yeah. yeah,
0: about six months before this fateful trip, Hal's brother John Rogers, who at one time owned a co-share in the farm, and lived in a trailer on the farm where he worked alongside his brother, John, was arrested for rape. People around Van Wert had always thought John was a little off. He liked to wear Army fatigues, and he often talked about taking on missions for the Secret Service and the CIA. But no one knew how deep the problem went until one day in March 1988, when the sheriff's deputy showed up at the farm and arrested him, charging him in the sexual assault of a woman who lived in his trailer. The woman had once dated John, but now they were just sharing space. She told police that one evening she had come back to the trailer and had been attacked by a man in a mask who handcuffed and blindfolded her and threatened her with a knife. When she reported the assault, the woman told the detectives that she thought her attacker was John. She'd heard his voice and that the rape had been videotaped. The detectives got a warrant and searched the trailer and found inside a briefcase... A video of the rape and it was john yes
1: yes is he was he a war veteran didn't say he was so i'm i'm like just fucked up no ptsd that's not why he's thinking he's still on a mission or i think he's just fucked up they i mean it wasn't in anything i read anyway yeah just curious
0: disturbing as this was the worst was yet to come Shortly after John was taken to jail, the detectives summoned Hal and Joe to the sheriff's department and sat them down. They had something to tell them. We think Michelle's been assaulted. (gasps) One of the detectives told them. The briefcase in the trailer had not just contained the video of the woman's assault. It also contained pictures of Michelle, some of which showed her undressed and blindfolded. Searching in the rest of the trailer and in John's car, the detectives had also found audio tapes on which a girl, who proved to be Michelle, could be heard screaming and pleading with John to leave her alone. I'd fucking kill kill him. him.
1: I would. Mm -hmm. There is not enough in this world to keep me from ripping that motherfucker apart. When
0: John first got arrested, Hal went and bailed him out because he didn't didn't know. know. He didn't know. And so he went and bailed him out and then gets told, oh, yeah, he did it to your daughter, too.
1: <clears throat> <sighs> I need to breathe on that. That infuriates me. He's a piece me. of shit.
0: Fucking infuriates me. When the detectives asked her about the photos and the tapes, Michelle confirmed the worst. Her uncle, she said, had raped her repeatedly over the previous two years, starting when she was about the end of 14, age of 14. Michelle said John had taken advantage of the times when Hal and Joe were away from the farm, off on weekend trips or other business. She said he had tied her hands and forced himself on her, threatening to kill her if she told
1: anyone. But she knew it was him.
0: Yeah. The whole time. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: last time he tried to disguise himself.
0: Right. That was with the woman that he lived with. And how stupid is that? Did
1: did he honestly Uh, think that she's not going to know? Right. I was thinking the same thing. If you you live together together and if you've been intimate, especially more than once. Right. You're going to recognize everything about that partner yes especially if it was recent you're going to recognize their touch and their still live in breathing. the right. space yes but i so he didn't even bother trying to conceal his identity with his niece no he just, just threatened like, her i'll fuck you he, up if you say anything. yes like, yes i want to rip please yeah. please he God, does let, go he, to jail. let him be bleeding out his asshole i hope right no, i now, hope he does right do now that i don't moment. know but i'm
0: hoping so i hope they know he's a pedophile All of this had occurred under Hal and Joe's noses. Both of them had noticed that Michelle seemed irritable and even nervous around John and that she didn't like to be alone with him in the milking parlor. Joe had tried to get Michelle to tell her what was wrong, but Michelle wouldn't say. Hal had written it off as just personality clash. They just didn't get along.
1: Well, and that that's men are not going to read as deep into it right. as women. And he said, if I'd have known what it was, I'd have killed that son of a bitch to start with. And I'm sure he would have. Yeah. I and mean, that's his daughter. I, I don't doubt that. But men, especially of teenage daughters, mm-hmm. they're going to act a certain way. And men have no idea. So they just like, look you need me you come get me right. otherwise i'm gonna stay the hell out of your way yeah so i'm not surprised at all and i'm not and, surprised know, he focused on the farm he, right. he even busy in his he interviews working.
0: you know he's just a simple farming guy yeah and mom was trying to get it out of her because she probably knows yeah, she knows but, so She's like, what's wrong with you yeah but then you can chalk that up to hormones too absolutely I mean, so again a yeah. teenage she's a bitch right now and in 10 minutes you'd love her to death Yes. yeah John Rogers denied everything. He said he was being framed. How the fuck are you going to deny when there's video? Exactly. But he's an idiot. He's a fucking idiot. The accusations and denials ripped the family apart. Irene Rogers, Hal and John's mother, chose to believe her son and not her granddaughter.
1: Mm -mm. There's fucking video. Right. She
0: told people Michelle was lying. And You know
1: what, I fucking hate old people that do that. And it, those old people that say, well, did you see how she was dressed? She was asking it. It couldn't be their it. kid doing that. Yeah, or uh, blaming it on the girl because of something she was That's what's wrong with John. That's what's wrong with John, his mama. Yeah. Right there. Well, right she sounds there. like a cunt.
0: So Hal was so stunned that his mother would choose to disregard the evidence that he cut off all contact with his parents. I don't fucking and I not a bit. Yeah.
1: I don't blame you a bit. I
0: don't blame him either. I I would
1: never put my child in that situation. You had video and pictures Mm -hmm. and audio. Mm -hmm. Even if I didn't have all those. Even if I didn't and my daughter came to me and said, that's what happened. Right. I would never have her around those people again. And anybody that didn't believe her, I would never have them around them again either. Exactly. Even without all the fucking evidence. So I really dislike John and his mother right now. Yeah. They're peas in a pod.
0: Caught in the middle of it all was Michelle. Now that John was off the farm, she wished the whole thing would just go away. She didn't want to talk about it with her parents, wasn't particularly, particularly interested in counseling. And had no interest in testifying against her uncle. Mm-hmm. At one point, she even suggested she would just leave town if the case came to trial.
1: Yeah, she's been through enough. She absolutely just wants to forget it and move on with her life. And I get it. Yeah, everybody grieves and moves on in their own way, and that's and it's her embarrassing. way. Embarrassing. I mean, you don't want to talk about all the shit you had to go through. Yeah, Why? that's embarrassing. Sure. Poor thing.
0: He was sent to prison and Michelle did not have to testify against him. But this had taken its toll on everyone. So Joan and Hal thought it would be a good idea if Joan took the girls on a vacation for the first time just to see if a change of scenery and some fun that didn't involve the farm would help Michelle heal.
1: Right. Just bring some joy in their lives. Sure. Oh my God, this is getting so dark, isn't it? <laughs> it's about to Just get dark. bring some joy in their lives. Exactly, okay. exactly. That's why this
0: struck me so much.
1: Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted.
0: Where do you go if you've never been on vacation? Well, supposedly the happiest place on earth. Disney, Disney world. world. So on May 28, 1989... Joan, Michelle, and Christy headed out to Florida. They made a long distance call home to check in and sent Hal postcards from all their adventures like the zoo and SeaWorld. Hal was working overtime at the farm since he was manning it by himself. Right. But he was happy to know that the girls were having a good time. Right, right. And this is nineteen eighty nine. There were no cell phones. Right. So no uh,
1: tracking devices, GPS, no, none yeah. of that. Yeah. 19 when? 89? Mm Mm-hmm. There wasn't even pagers then, was there? If there Ah. was, it was not popular. It was not mainstream. It wasn't mainstream. Yeah. They weren't getting a hold of people. I think that was maybe later 90s. I think it was. Mid, mid, mid lady? When it became like really cool to have a pager. (laughs) Because the bag phones were too expensive to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Just page me and I'll find a public pay phone to call you Somewhere in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) Like, that
0: was so safe. <laughs> and half the time, it was just bullshit. You're getting oh, yeah. paged for yeah.
1: anyway. What's up? What What you doing? Where you, you at? <laughs> I was driving.
0: I pulled over for this. I had to dig through my car and find 10 <laughs> cents.
1: <laughs> put in the pay
0: phone. <sighs> okay. A times. little laugh, because it's
1: going to get dark. It Here is going to get
0: dark. On June 1st, detectives believe that Joan got lost en route back to Ohio. So she and the girls decided to just stay in Tampa because they ended up in Tampa. Okay. So they just decided they'd stay in Tampa another night, Mm -hmm. you know. They had checked into a day's inn on Route 60 around 1230 PM. At 730 P.M. that evening at the hotel restaurant was the last time anyone would ever see these three ladies alive again. Oh gosh. On June 4th, the bodies of Joan, Michelle, and Christie were found floating in Tampa Bay. <sighs> the first body was found when several people on board a sailboat crossing under the Sunshine Skyway saw an object in the water. The second body was seen floating off the pier in St. Petersburg, two miles north of the first. While the Coast Guard were recovering the second body, a call about a third body, which was seen floating about 200 yards to the east, was received.
1: You know, they were like, holy shit. They were. How they many were bodies like, are what, gonna, right? the what the hell, the hell is going, going
0: on? on? Yeah. All three female bodies were found floating face down, bound with a rope around the ankles and wrists, <gasps> with a rope also tied around their neck and attached to a cinder block. So head first. Oh my god. So why weren't they underwater? Well they had bloated from the decomposition. And, and there was, was enough, enough gas rope? in the bottom in the body to pull them up to the surface. Even
1: attached to the cinder block. Mm-hmm. Well I always saw in the mob movies though they tie your ass to a cinder block. You don't come up. I mean maybe if you were deep enough but they
0: were decomposed enough that the gases in their body Built up enough to that pick they up float, the to pick block. up the cinder block. Wow. Yeah. All three ladies were naked from the waist down. Mm. So, literally, hand, and they had duct tape on, um, on their mouths. Oh
1: my God. So, their hands are bound
0: behind their, their back. Their ankles, ankles are, are, bound. are bound. They have the rope tied around their neck to be a fucking cinder block. Yes. They are and duct taped. tape over their mouth. And, um, they were all, they, the police believed because they were naked from the waist down, they, all three were sexually assaulted. Unfortunately, the bodies have been in the water for at least three days, so there was no biological evidence left yeah. for them to check. Autopsy showed all three victims had water in their lungs, proving that they had been thrown into the water while still alive. <sighs> Michelle, who was identified as the second body found, had freed one hand from her bonds before she drowned. Mm. In several resources, it said that all three of them actually had their eyes open when they were found, which to me just is terrific. It is horrible. I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, like, you know, you're drowning.
1: Yes. You look around, you see what's happening. The and panic that about must it. be happening.
0: Right. um, <clears throat> Because. None of them knew how to swim. Oh, they hadn't been to a been pool. A farm, they had been, right. yeah, they'd been working on a farm.
1: So th- this had to be. It, even if they weren't tied off, there's a possibility right. they would have drowned anyway. Right. Because they didn't know how to swim. Yeah. Marine
0: researchers at the University of South Florida estimated from the currents and patterns that the victims were thrown from a boat and not from a bridge or dry land. Between two and five days before they were found Are so, you going to
1: explain to me How these three girls Went from the re- or These three women Went from the restaurant to Yes Okay Yes Fill me up one more time Yeah You want to take a That was, that was, a, shot that here. was this a good sad. spot here. That was very sad here. here we go To you ladies and yes. Joan, so, Michelle
0: And Christy And Hal Poor Hal Poor Hal Yeah
1: mm. Cheers Mm. I can only imagine his fucking devastation. Yeah. I can't. I can't.
0: He said in one of the interviews. Oh, I'm sorry, God. I'm still trying to get (laughs) it down. She's still reacting. It
1: It was hot.
0: It it is. It still is. (sighs) But in one of his interviews, he says. Literally, there's some days that it, he just stays busy with with a 300 acre farm and 80 cows. You're going to be, but he said there are times where I just have to take it second by second in the yeah. day, because I I can't even commit to a minute. He said. Then I have some days where I can make it 15 minutes before I lose it. I can't. And he said so. All I it do is I just stay busy. Him. Yeah. So, yeah. Poor Hal. Poor Hal. Okay. For the for the first few days, all three ladies were considered Jane Doe's. But on June 8th, the hotel manager from the day's Inn called the police and told them that there had been three women that had checked in a few days ago and had not been seen since. And all their belongings were still in the room. Mm -hmm. When the police got there, they did an extensive search of the room and took fingerprints. The beds had not even been slept in. Clothes were still in the suitcases. They found rolls of used film on top of the TV. Remember, we used to have to bring our cameras oh, yeah. and load yes. the film up. Yes. So you had to make sure you had plenty of film for your vacation.
1: And then go get this film
0: developed right. without
1: ever knowing if the picture was any good or not. Yes. Yes.
0: The fingerprints that were taken in the hotel room matched Joan, Michelle, and Christy Rogers. Mm-hmm. So they were no longer Jane Doe's. Mm-hmm. The police notify Hal Rogers as soon as they discover who the three female bodies were. Hal had already reported his wife and daughters missing. So when the sheriff came pulling into the driveway, he said in his interview, he said, I knew the worst had happened. Mm. He said, when I seen him come, I knew it was bad. The sheriff said he wanted to personally come out there and tell Hal because this isn't just
1: like losing one family member. His entire Entire immediate family family is dead. Right. And that's not the kind of news you tell somebody on the phone. Right. You go sit with them. And that's what he said. So he personally went out there himself. Good for him.
0: The police had gotten the vehicle tag number from the hotel and put out a bolo for Joan Rogers' vehicle. It didn't take long before they found the, it was either a 1984 or 1986 Oldsmobile Calais with Ohio license plates. I don't even know what that is. If you've seen the car, you would. I mean, it's a
1: typical I I de really 80s car. Right. 80 old
0: mobiles. That's why I said mm-hmm. in different sources, it stated different years. It doesn't matter. It, it was, well it was an old mobile. Yeah. From the eighties. And the license plate had um, Ohio plates. Mm-hmm. And it was found at the Courtney Campbell Causeway Boat Launch. Oh, interesting! Yeah, it was parked okay. at the boat launch. Okay, inside the car, they found evidence that they're long of their long road trip. There was a deck of cards, some Uno cards, brochures, and maps. On the front passenger seat of the car, they found a handwritten note on the hotel stationery with directions to the boat ramp, and it had the words um, on the side written blue slash white.
1: So we're looking for a blue slash white boat. Yes, that's, that's, that's what the what, police said. Okay. Police
0: knew the woman had been th- the women had been thrown off a boat. Right, and um, so they automatically and there's think, evidence
1: leading them directly to a blue slash white boat. Yes, okay, good. But
0: apparently in Florida there are a shitload of blue and white boats. Oh yeah, there's so, fucking boats everywhere in Florida. The police decided to check out any similar attacks involving a boat and sexual assault. They ran across a police report a few miles up the road in Madeira Beach from May 15th, just two weeks earlier, about a 24-year-old Canadian woman who had been sexually assaulted on a boat by a guy who was supposed to be taking her out to take pictures on a sunset cruise. He forced her to have sex with him and told her that if she tried to jump overboard, uh, she'd be eaten by sharks because Tampa Bay is shark-infested waters. He also threatened to duct tape her mouth shut if she didn't stay quiet because she was fighting him at this point. Mm-hmm. But he did bring her to shore and drop her off on a random beach. She was naked from the waist down. She eventually found her way back to the hotel, took a shower and told her friend what had happened. And then they went to the police department and filed a report. But because she had taken that shower, taken a shower and when you
1: said that, I cringed. I was like, mm-hmm. why, why?
0: Yeah. I mean, and I, I get it. You I feel it. dirty yes. and you just, yes, something traumatic has just happened. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, shower is where I clear my day off. So right. sometimes it's like, let me just process. So I get it, but it washed away. Any evidence? Any evidence they could have got. Yeah. <clears throat> the lady also told the police that his name was David Posner or David Pose. And that he had approached her and her friend about taking a sunset cruise the next night so that they could take pictures. Mm -hmm. The friend ended up backing out, but she decided to still go. Once he got her far enough out from shore, that's when he assaulted her. Police knew that this was a match from what they thought happened to the Rogers ladies. Absolutely. Unfortunately, this is where the case kind of stalled. But not before they got a sketch of the Canadian woman's attacker. The police put the sketch out to the media and got tons of leads, but nothing promising. Mm -hmm. Because the police department had not had been bombarded with leads. It was three years later before things got hot again. So they're going through tons of leads and that takes time. Right. So it was three years later. A new group of detectives
1: decided to just
0: let me go back through the case.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, it and always we always have like fresh eyes. Yes, yes. it all, I was like, You took the words out of my mouth. Always helps with a fresh set of eyes, it, just because you can register something different than somebody else. Sure. It, yeah. Absolutely. And as time
0: goes on, there's new technologies that and become available. Change. Yeah. Sure. They found that there had been no testing done on the stuff that was found in Joan Rogers' car. Okay. So all the brochures at the time, they're like, "This is just evidence of their long road trip," right? Which it was. Yeah. In the car was a brochure with a handwritten directions to the hotel that the Rogers ladies were staying in when they were last seen alive. The directions were not written by Joan, Michelle, or Christie, So the police checked the brochure for prints and also had the FBI do a profile on the perpetrator. The FBI profile said that this was a man, like the guy next door, trustworthy in appearance, meticulous, intimate knowledge of boating and Tampa Bay and that he may have killed, but definitely offended before Mm
1: -hmm.
0: he would offend again. Mm -hmm. Frustrated by the lack of evidence, the police decide to take a chance and post images of the handwriting on the brochure on billboard signs in the Tampa Bay area. Wow. And all the local newspapers leading to a call From a former neighbor who provided a copy of a work order of a handyman that had done a job for her Uh and written a receipt. And it matched. Yes. When police looked at the writing, they saw that it matched with the handwriting on the brochure from Joan
1: Rogers' car. So now, can this lady identify this handyman? His name was Oba Chandler.
0: Oba? O-B-A. Oba. Oba Chandler. Chandler. So, like, spoiler alert here, he's dead. Let's just take a shot. Ugh. They found his name. Cheers, bitches. Cheers. mm Oh, gosh! When police run his name, they find out that Oba is a bona fide piece of shit. Mm-mm. He had a record that included kidnapping, robbery, and sexual battery. He started getting in trouble at a young age. They were able to match the palm print on the brochure to Oba Chandler. Police knew that he had definitely been in contact with Joan Rogers. The detectives decided to fly to Canada so that they could see if the Canadian rape victim could pick Oba Chandler out of a lineup. Ah. She picked him out immediately. She said that when she saw his picture, she just wanted to throw up. She yeah. even asked the detectives to turn it over. She knew exactly who he was. Yeah. Oba Chandler was born on October eleventh, 1946, to a poor family in Cincinnati. His mother, Margaret, was a housewife. His father, also named Oba Chandler, was a laborer for National Distillers and Chemical Company. Oba Sr. was said to have been a strict disciplinarian. In 1957, at age 10, Oba Jr. found his father hanging from a rope <gasps> over a ceiling joist in the family's home. Mm. He had died by suicide. At that's the fun- traumatic. Yeah, that's very traumatic. Yeah. I couldn't, um, that's like a horror film traumatic. Uh, for a child, yes. At the funeral, Oba Jr. threw himself upon his father's open grave. Sources vary as to whether he was acting out of grief or anger, but either way, it marked the beginning of the fair-haired, blue-eyed boy's deviant future. Mm. Law officers arrested Oba, then age 45, on September 24, 1992, for the sexual assault of the Canadian lady. Okay. After his arrest, while waiting on his trial, the police gathered more evidence. Mm -hmm. Aside from the palm print on the police, uh, the police, all their evidence was circumstantial.
1: Aside from the palm print, all their other evidence, but he could still
0: say, "Okay, yeah, I ran into him at a gas station, gave him directions to the hotel, but I didn't kill him." Right. So it still wasn't enough. In an attempt to establish Chandler's whereabouts on that night, investigators found records of several ship-to-shore telephone calls made from his boat to his home between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m., which may have been attempts to explain his absence to his wife and to provide himself with an alibi for the time of the murders. Chandler's daughter, Crystal May, Testified that her father had talked about killing three women, women, and that he was afraid to return to Tampa.
1: Shit. So his daughter said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, daddy, he was about a piece of shit at home." Women. I mean, you know that bleeds through. You oh, can only yeah. hide
0: that fucking right. crazy for so long. Right. So there's no telling what his kids went through. So
1: his own daughter was like, "Oh yeah, he talked about killing three women." Mm-hmm.
0: Shit. This made it impossible for him to say he wasn't out on the bay that night. Exactly. Chandler was found guilty of the murders and was sentenced to death on November 4th, 1994. He maintained his innocence and continued to pursue legal appeals while on Florida's death row. He admitted to the Madeira beach incident, but said the sex was consensual and that the victim had changed her mind during the act. Bullshit. Uh, Bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. On November 15th, Chandler, at 4.08 p.m., was executed by lethal injection at the Florida State Prison in Rayford. Wow. Chandler declined to make last statement before being executed, but left a written statement with prison officials. And it said, you are killing an innocent man today. That's what they all say. Shortly after signing Chandler's death warrant, Governor Scott said... Oba Chandler killed three women. So I looked through different cases and it made sense to do that one. There's never one thing. It was the right case. Meaning it was the right decision to do. Decision to execute him. For what he did. Yes. He killed three women.
1: He would have continued to offend. Right. Like he may not have killed before, just offended. But it progressed. And now he's killed three women. What do you think he's going to do next time? It's just going to get worse and worse and worse.
0: There were there was another case in the early eighties that Oba Chandler was a suspect for. There was a girl that was murdered. Oh, it was murder too. Okay. Yes, and sexually assaulted. That he was a suspect for, but he was never proven. Right, and the case was never solved. So. Joan, Michelle, and Christy Rogers were buried in their hometown on June 13, 1989, after a funeral service attended by about 300 family members and friends. Numerous police officers were present to keep reporters and television crew out of the church during the service. Hale has remarried, and his wife, Jolene, helps him run the farm. He did go watch Oba Chandler die, but he said there will never be justice. If he were to die and they were to come back, that would be justice right and so
1: wow so he decided to go watch him die
0: i would have to i I mean i thinking i mean obviously i'm not in that situation but i would think you killed my wife and And both of my my children. children yeah horrifically after you assaulted them you threw them in water where they couldn't swim. And they were still
1: alive. They were still alive. Conscious of what was going Yeah. And I could struggle. probably sit yeah. through that and watch yeah. it as well. Yeah. I mean, I'd want to do it myself. Sure. But, like, you know, let if let they're me not going to right. Yeah. But I hear a lot of people that
0: after they've gotten whatever justice it is for their loved one, that they're like, it's really... Not justice. Yeah, oh, we won this, but not. it doesn't bring anybody back. Exactly. So.
1: Nobody wins. Right. Nobody wins. Right. Everybody loses something. And even the suspect who's locked up or executed, he had a family, sure. And I, they had I mean, nothing. Granted, this, yeah, this they had nothing to family, but they had nothing to do with it. Yeah. You so know? That, they were hurt as well. Every, I mean, everybody gets hurt. Yeah.
0: Bonafide piece he of is shit. A piece of shit. So let's take a shot. Again, for Joan, Michelle, and Christy, and Hal, I'm glad that he has moved on and has a wife and, you know, is still working on his farm and living his life. I know it'll never be the same, but right. at least he was able to find some solace
1: somewhere. And poor Michelle. Poor Michelle. Yeah. After her uncle, mm-hmm. she goes on a vacation, and then happens to First her vacation ever. Right. I bet if she would have survived... She'd never fucking leave home again. You know what? I don't blame you. Yeah. After all that. Absolutely. Stay where you feel safe. I wouldn't leave either.
0: Absolutely. Wow. But the thing I did like about it was they had a blast while they were down there. Yeah. Everywhere that they went, obviously, before they were murdered. They had a great a time. Good time. Yeah. And that and that was proof through their postcards they had sent home yeah. and the calls. And their and,
1: pamphlets and everything else they had, their pictures. Yeah, they had a
0: great time. But, God, just pieces of shit like that. Yeah. You know? For no reason. No, no reason. reason. Other than you just had some weird urge that you were willing to kill for right. to do. And
1: that's not an acceptable reason. Absolutely, it's not.
0: I say we tie something around his neck and throw him in Tampa Bay, in. and let's
1: just see how he how he fares. Instead of lethal injection, he just went to sleep. Is Uncle John still alive? I know you said he went to prison. Is he I, still alive? I didn't see anything else. Uncle John, I hope your asshole's bleeding. I every hope day. it is ripped open.
0: Every and we day. already
1: know Obi was ex Oba. Oba, Oba was. I You're thinking Obie Obi Wan Kenobi or something? <laughs> Oba was executed, so. yes. so at least he fried. Yeah. There's that. There's that. Let's cheers to that. Fill your cups up. Cheers, bitches.
0: Mm -mm -mm. God knows. That is really strong.
1: It's actually getting to be pretty good Mm. now.
0: You are a freak of nature. It's
1: getting to be pretty good. I can still taste—not too bad—the fire, (laughs) and I can feel it run through my body. Well, we have a short announcement. We guaranteed you that we would drink 128 on our fiftieth. Yes, 128 proof on our fiftieth episode. Well, it's going to be postponed to the fifty-first. Because Christy decided she was going to pull a two-parter. I am. And there was no way in hell she
0: was not going to have me do the one I've already did the one twenty-eight. She did it on
1: episode 10. I did my, story. my turn to it do it. It is <laughs> turn. So come hell or high water, this bitch is telling a story <laughs> on some 128. But I did not anticipate on my next story being a two-parter. But there's just so m- I, I You have, can't leave anything out. Oh, my God. There's so much. I have... Just dove headfirst into this story. Every day I'm in my laptop working on this story. See, it's fall right now. I know you said that it'll make fall
0: look a little different with those leaves. It will.
1: Yes. Just think about the leaves, all the fall leaves. That's what you're going to tip us with until next week. I'm going to leave you with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, we hope that you keep listening. Be good. Stay out of trouble or don't get caught.
1: Bye, bitches. We hope you
0: keep listening and find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at
1: Murder and Moonshine. We would love to hear from you. You can send us an email at murderandmoonshine at gmail.com.